This is an Equity Bates Media podcast. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. I will say this about investing. Everything you do learn is cumulative. What I learned at 20 is Hello, Equity Mates. Welcome back to another episode. It is Bryce here. I am solo today without my equity buddy, Ren. We've both been gallivanting around Europe for the last few weeks. But today I am joined instead by Harry Bonetto from Prop Hero. Harry is the head of revenue at Prop Hero, an Australian investment advisor that helps you find, buy, and manage the best investment properties using an online platform and proprietary AI algorithm. Now, I really enjoyed this chat. If you're a regular listener, you'd know that Ren and I are both currently trying to buy our first home here in Sydney and, of course, finding it incredibly difficult with the current state of prices and supply of housing available at the moment. And over the last sort of few months, we've been exploring and chatting to more people who are involved in the property market from an investment point of view, because whilst owning the home and being an owner-occupier is, of course, the dream, it's not necessarily the first way that you can get into the property market. There are other opportunities and that comes in the form of an investment property to then use that as a ladder into an owner-occupier at some point down the track. So in today's episode, we chat with Harry about his thoughts uh, on the market currently, not only here in Sydney, but right across Australia. He goes through some of the different elements property investors should think about. And then, of course, we talk a bit about what Prop Hero does and how their platform helps you find uh, investment properties and really take the emotion out of it. So it it was a great conversation if you're interested in investing in property or if you're interested in getting your own home but still struggling, this might be one for you. A quick note to say that Prop Hero did sponsor this episode. A huge thank you to them. We do choose who we work with. We uh, do genuinely believe in the brands that we work with. And a massive thanks to our sponsors for supporting Equity Mates. We couldn't do it without them. So without further ado, let's get into the episode. All right. Well, Harry, welcome to Equity Mates. Thanks for having me, Bryce. So Harry is the head of revenue at Prop Hero, an Australian investment advisor that helps you find, buy, and manage the best investment properties using an online platform and proprietary AI algorithms. Now, just a reminder that while we are licensed, we are not aware of your financial circumstances. So any information on this show is for entertainment and education purposes only. Any advice is general. But we are going to be focusing on the hottest asset in Australia, and that is property. But not from the point of view of owner-occupy. Harry, you and I, both in our mid-30s, struggling to get into 
the property market here in Sydney. It's tough. I think you've um, added a couple of years on me there. Sorry. I'd say early 30s. But uh, what did I say? Mid 30s? We, we can say mid in a little bit. But hey. Yeah, I'm actually, that's true. I'm not even mid 30s yet either, early 30s. But we are struggling to get into the Australian property market. The focus of today's interview is that, you know, there are opportunities for us to get into property outside of owner-occupy. If you want to take the investment approach and also outside of Sydney, there are opportunities and that is what Prop Hero is here to uh, to do. So, we're going to jump into it today. So, let's kick off with a state of the Australian property market. Can you help us understand some of the key things that are going on at the moment? We've heard at the start of the year that prices were going to plummet. I don't necessarily think that's happening. Mortgage cliffs, there's different cities going in different directions. Can you help us understand where we're currently at with Australian property? Yeah, sure thing, Bryce. So my take on it and our take at Prop Hero is that the market has been incredibly resilient. And of course, there has been a significant increase in interest rates over the past 18 months. However, it's still really much, it it comes back down to the fact that it's a, a supply and demand driven market and lack of supply and high levels of demand have definitely buoyed the market and made it far more resilient than what a lot of economists would expect, even though rates have gone quite a lot higher than what a lot of economists were suggesting it would go to. Mm. It is fascinating. It's one of those asset classes, well, in Australia that I think continues to surprise people time and time again, where you're expecting people saying, you know, 10, 25% drop in prices. And that may have happened in parts and and you're probably closer to it than I am. But, you know, I'm looking for a property at the moment and certainly not seeing that in, in you know, parts of Sydney particularly. Is it is this the case across Australia? Is it, you know, Sydney or is Sydney one of the, the areas that is more buoyant than others? What are you seeing around some of the other capital cities? Across the country, it's pretty strong, definitely. Wow. Like we've had, we've had areas that we've been buying in for 18 months, almost two years that we've had to put pause on just because there's, there's just too much demand in each of those markets. So essentially like prices are, going up like faster than what we've seen in the previous like 12 months wow. and that sort of just kicked into gear just in the last few months so wow. and when you say put a pause on it do you mean pause buying because prices are moving too quickly or? yeah essentially where we've, we've stopped buying in a handful of areas because the 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 entry point's just too high based on the investment value that we see in that area wow but is it ever going to go back down well, we want to see, we've, what we've been really lucky to see is that there has been significant rental growth over the last 18 months, much higher than the, the long-term average. So that's made it a lot more attractive as an investor to invest in a market when it's increasing pretty steadily. But in terms of like picking the right areas, we've got to make sure that we're not too late if we're buying in an area where the data is indicating that the prices on a fair value basis are a little bit too high. We're always happy to pivot and look at a new area to um, start buying in. Mm. Well, we'll we'll unpack what Prop Hero does in a moment because you do have a 200-point checklist that you use to help determine what is a good investment property. But I think on the other side of that, you know, we do talk about prices and um, I saw uh, Alan Kohler on ABC last night put up one of his famous graphs that showed that I think we're at a historical low at the moment in Australia in terms of the availability of rental properties. And I imagine that feeds into your 200-point checklist. But are the yields there on investment properties at the moment? Because whilst you know rents are going up and the vacancy rates are incredibly low, prices are now so high as well that uh, are, are you getting, are there good yields at the moment? 
Yeah, the yields are remaining very strong across the country. Like if you look at Sydney and Melbourne, the being the largest two cities in the country, the rental return that you get is below 3% if you're buying a house for both both cities, so on the average. But if you're going outside of the two largest capitals in the country, you're still seeing rental yields in 4% plus territory comfortably, which is pretty strong for a property rental yield gross. And then finally on uh, the state of the market, what's the, your view or Prop Hero's view on the impact of the mortgage cliff? Like We've heard it a lot over the last few months that this period that we're in at the moment, this quarter and the next is when a lot of people are coming off their fixed rate onto the variable and in some instances seeing an increase in their repayments of more than 100%. What impact do you think that is going to have or is having on the market, if any? Yeah, we definitely say that they're in the more expensive parts of the market, there is more mortgage stress than what there was over the last pre- last few years, I'd say, um, in terms of how that will impact the market. Like if you're in that position, you're facing a mortgage, mortgage cliff, you've got a couple of options. You either move out of your place, you rent it out, hopefully, and, and cover some of the difference that um, you're going to be paying to the bank on a monthly basis, or you go and sell, which is the absolute worst case scenario. If you're in those areas where the rental yields are significantly lower, say Sydney or Melbourne, we definitely see that there could be more mortgage stress and more pain in those areas. But if you're in those areas where um, the rental yields are significantly higher and you have that as like the safety net, we can see that we, we think there's going to be significantly less pain. So, Harry, now I want to understand a little bit more about the different types of real estate investing strategies. We've spoken on the show before about the concept of rent vesting, but before we do that, there are some of the things that all types of property investors should focus on, time in market, um, due diligence, those sorts of things. So, when a client comes to you, what are some of those things that, as a property investor, I should be thinking about? Yeah, so it's always important to have a long-term outlook when you're investing in property. And a lot of our clients are coming to us saying, hey, I can't buy in my own backyard. So, what should I do? What can I do to really come up with a, a decent property strategy that's going to enable me to firstly get into the market but then grow my wealth by doing it through property and a lot of our clients you know they're, they're going to be looking to diversify out of say shares or other forms of investment that they're more comfortable with and I guess it's really about like breaking down what, what the commitment is of course where you're buying a property and it's going to be a substantial sum of money and usually involving debt which is scary for some people so Ensuring that you're in a position where you firstly can afford it, but then also having a super long-term outlook is really important in my view. What What is long-term in property for you? Like, What, what do you see as the time frame that a client of Prop Hero should be really considering? We're generally talking like seven years plus. We haven't had any clients sell yet, so that's all very good in our previous two years being up and running. So happy to say that. But yeah, we're looking seven years plus always. Nice. Right. So, you're not looking at sort of the length of the mortgage, 30 years or anything like that. You're sort of saying over the next seven years, we think you should be able to generate X return. Do you look at it from a, a yield point of view or also capital growth? What? How do you balance that when looking at it, at it over seven years? Yeah. So, a lot of our clients are in sort of 30s and 40s and they definitely have an emphasis on building up their equity through capital growth. So, combining that with firstly, getting a great asset to start with, but then combining that with um, being in a position to buy again and again is really important. So 
in order to do that, it does need to have a combination of high capital growth, but also high rental growth and a high rental yield to support repeat purchase. And so what are some of the, you know, I'm in the, as I said, process of buying a house at the moment, and there's a level of due diligence that needs to go into actually the house itself. Can you talk us through what that looks like or what I should be thinking about, and then maybe weave in the 200 point checklist as well that you guys go through? Yes. So we're very fortunate where we've got we're teamed in each of the areas that we're buying in um, across the country and without going into too much specific um, (laughs) on exactly where we're buying we can talk about greater capital cities of course but we've got team members who will do a due diligence check which starts with a private inspection on the property to ensure that it's in the condition that it's been advertised Um, whether it's an off-market or on-market deal often the material can be quite challenging to find exactly what condition it's in Mm. Um, and then also Ensuring that an offer is subject to a pest and building inspection is an absolute non-negotiable and just really adding a layer of protection there for the buyer. Yeah, right. And then in terms of the 200-point checklist, what what are some of the big components in there that that you guys look at? Yeah, so we're looking at uh, a number of sort of key pillars. We're starting with the macroeconomics of a region. So what are the factors that are going to be contributing to job creation? Like are there major infrastructure projects? Is there a, a decent amount of industry split or is it relying on one particular industry, say like the mining sector, for instance, which can be quite cyclical? Mm. Then from there, we want to make sure that we're, we're targeting areas where there's not a lot of supply risk. So if you're buying in a suburb, for instance, that's surrounded by a lot of vacant land that can be redeveloped or repurposed, that can present a lot of supply risk and means, say, you're looking to buy this property now but then in a handful of years time you may be looking to sell and there's 50 of the exact same property available that can present some challenges to the desired sale price that you're going to be getting Mm. then on top of that uh, we want to make sure it's in an area that's increasing in demand there's an increase in gentrification we're looking for areas where there's an increase in affluence that's happening at a, a greater rate than the state or territory average that we're buying in And that's usually a strong indicator that the area is in high demand and it's going to have relatively low vacancy rates, which is so important. Yeah, wow. Where does price come into it for you guys? Like at what point do you say, like how do you determine like an actual valuation and and at at what point in the checklist does that become important? Once we're getting serious on a property, we're, we're always looking for comparables in the market and looking for ones that are either superior in line or inferior. Um, getting an understanding of what the property is going to rent out for as well to understand what your like holding return on investment is going to be. Um, and then when it comes to deciding exactly what value, we're, we're generally provided a range by what the recent sales have been. And of course, we're super long-term with our investing. So we're looking to buy at a, a really decent entry point. And of course, where possible, buy under market if we're securing, say, an off-market opportunity, which does come up every now and then. But having a super long-term outlook is so important. And so uh, I noticed that part of your 200-point checklist as well was around climate change, which I thought was fascinating. And it's something that I have thought about and we've discussed in the office is, you know, my view on uh, long term is certainly more than seven years. I'm thinking, you know, in terms of stocks anyway, 30, 40, this is going to get me to the end of my life kind of investment. And so if you think about what the, the properties that will be in demand in that period of time will be and the impact that climate change will have over the next 40 plus years, it's really interesting to see that you factor that in. Can you talk us a bit through that a bit more for us? Yeah, absolutely. So from a climate point of view, we're looking at what's happening right now, what we know is factually available, whether yeah. it comes to like flood or bushfire risk. 
And yeah, nice. that's so important that every address when you're on the Prop Hero platform, um, if we're presenting a property to you, you can see that it's it's got a, a risk category based on flood and bushfire risk. Then when we're looking super long term, we're, we're now talking more 30 years yeah. when we're talking climate change <laughs> rather than seven years. Um, but we're looking for the percentage of risk based on each category of climate risk and how many properties are at risk. So say a percentage basis of over two or 3% for flooding, for instance, which would be considered like a medium flood risk. Okay. And we're looking for developments and potential changes that could uh, affect that over the long term and, and using the most up-to-date climate data to do so. It's fascinating. So if, if uh, properties are in like high bushfire zones, in thick shrubs in, I don't know, up in Blue Mountains or somewhere, yeah. do, you, do you guys just what, like, for you is that a just let's not even go there or do you present it to the to potential investors as we've identified this as high risk, it's still on you guys to decide? If we have, um, we've got three categories, one not being climate specific, but a flood risk and bushfire risk and then noise risk, um, whether it's from a rail or, oh, nice. or um, busy road yeah. or um, flight path, for instance, if one of those uh, categorized as high than low, then we won't present it to a client. Yeah. Again, it comes back to the fact that it's purely from an investment point of view. And yeah. if, you're, if you've got a medium risk for bushfire risk, for instance, buying in the Blue Mountains, then you may not be able to get insurance. And if you can get insurance, it might be three or four times more than um, if you were buying in an area that wasn't subject to the same level of bushfire risk. So looking at it purely from an investment basis, it increases your holding cost and um, it reduces your potential to sell it in the future as well. This is the point where I'll, I would like to ask you which parts of the markets are uh, Prop Hero looking at, but I imagine this is, <laughs> you are not going to tell us, but uh, what are the general areas that you guys are operating in at the moment? Are you able to share that? We've had a, a, a lot of success buying in a, a couple of major capitals, including Adelaide and Brisbane, okay. which is... They've both been pretty hot for a period of time and um, we're always looking for, for areas um, that are presenting more early opportunities, I guess I'd call it. So if you constantly just keep buying in the same areas, which a lot of buyers agents do, you're going to be presenting risk of on pricing basis and return on investment. So just constantly assessing every suburb in the country is part of our model. So we're looking at 15,000 odd suburbs in the country and looking to pick up on where we see the most opportunity for our next investment. Mm. So for the equity mates community that are listening, the idea of sort of property investing is something that in my mind anyway, you do sort of post buying your first home and when you've then got surplus cash or if you're fortunate enough, you then go and buy an investment property. But that's obviously not the in, in the sort of customer base that Prop Hero have, I imagine. You've, you've, you mentioned off air that it's sort of 30s to 40s and people that are looking to get into the market. So talk us through who are your clients and, and sort of what this, who this platform is actually designed for. So 50% of our clients approximately are buying their first place as an investment which is really exciting for them. Nice. And almost two thirds of our clients are Sydney based. Shout out to all the Sydney <laughs> listeners um, who were struggling away with the Sydney market. Yeah, that's um, interesting. But then- And um, to, to clarify there, they've bought places through you guys, obviously not in Sydney. Not in Sydney, correct, yeah. 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 So the other 50% of our buyers are buying second, third, fourth, fifth plus properties. So we do help a lot of time poor professionals who are focused on their careers and just don't have the time to go and diversify their property investments and use us to secure a high performing asset, which is what we do on a day-to-day basis. Yeah. Wow. Now, when it comes to investing in real estate, there are different ways to approach it. It's not just that 
rent vest, let's go buy and, and then um, I'm going to rent in the area that I want to live. There are different sort of forms of investing in property. So can you help define some of the main ones and then potentially their pros and cons? Yeah, absolutely. So touching on the fact that like a lot of our clients are going for that buy hold strategy, we're buying 100% existing property, which means there's always going to be things that come up such as maintenance or slight renovations in order to continue holding that property for the long term. So that's the, the one that we definitely favor and we, we always focus our clients on this. And so does that mean like no renovations required or anything like that? It's just we found you a great property. Let's just buy it. You know, there's going to be some maintenance costs, but over the long term capital growth yeah absolutely so you know often you can you can build it into the purchase price if there is substantial renovation that's required um, in order for it to be lived in Um, but we tend to avoid those sort of properties okay the second option of course um, rent vesting which sort of ties in quite closely with that buy hold strategy if you're doing it as an investment but then second to that um, we've also got the flipping and subdivision option which you know, it's more of a property development um, yeah, yeah. style of investment, which in the current market is becoming increasingly challenging just based on like the blowout on timing for building projects, mm, the lack mm. of resources still post-COVID surprisingly, whether it's, you know, getting raw materials mm, or mm, labor mm. and then focusing on on that more short-term strategy, which is, is something that we tend to avoid. Yeah, I mean, the idea of flipping a house is is quite romantic you know Mm. you come in you buy something cheap yeah add a new bedroom and some new cupboards in the kitchen and then sell it a few months later is that something that a lot of your clients are are coming to you for or looking to for advice yeah it's a small portion of our clients do come to us saying i want to i want to find um a diamond in the rough i guess we could call it where they want to go and invest 20 or 30k to get it up to scratch and and find a bit of a discount on the purchase price and often it, it opens up more opportunities because most investors want to just buy and not even think about the property. So if you're able to find ones that are a little bit rough around the edges and are available at a discounted price, then yeah, that's definitely something that we can assist with. It's less common, but we do have it come up time from time to time. And of those strategies, so buy and hold, which is what you guys focus on, rent vesting, then there's the buy subdivide which seems like a lot of work and then sell plus also or the buy flip sell how do we know what's sort of right for us i think like if you're relatively early in your property investing career we can call it yeah i think if you just keep it simple it it really will pay off like if you're taking on a significant amount of debt to purchase a property you want it to be paying you an income pretty quickly so if you're going to go and subdivide and go to a project that could take you two to three years without you without you ever seeing like a return on investment, it just it adds a lot more risk to your strategy because you're going to be financing this on the side and, and incurring a lot of cost to hold that property. Whereas if you're more focused on getting something that is rentable as is and it's going to rent out well, it's going to basically you know put you in a far better position to firstly not just hold that property and watch it increase in value over the long term, but then be able to, you know, recycle equity and, and purchase again and again. Mm. You know, we, we keep saying that property is expensive, but like what is the, what's the sort of average price if, if you have one or like what, what type of properties are you actually suggesting to your clients? Because, you know, if, if mid-30s and 40s are, are, are getting in and, and buying two, three, you're obviously not suggesting, you know, million dollar, two million dollar places. So what, what is the price sort of 
entry points that you're looking at? So the price range that we're targeting is between 300,000 and 750,000. So it's there's a there's pretty much a, an opportunity for a very big chunk of the population, and a lot of our clients are coming to us being Sydney based or Melbourne based, for instance, where the their own backyard is extremely expensive. They might go and get pre approval for 1.2 mil, have a look around, and go, "Hey, that doesn't sort of scratch the surface yeah. on what I'm trying to do." Yeah, and then they come to us and go, "Look, I can buy one or two properties up to 1.2 mil. Where should we start?" And then and then you take them through the whole sales process. Yeah, absolutely. So it's basically we're here to hold your hand from start to finish. We're using our data to unlock the best performing areas in the country. Also using our platform, you can track the performance of your property portfolio over the long term and also manage expenses on this platform as well. Well, you mentioned data there and we haven't really dug into it. So it's probably a good point. I said in the intro that uh, you use AI and it feels like a lot of people are using AI for all sorts of bits and pieces at the moment, but you've got a proprietary AI algorithm and an online platform. So how does that actually work? What do you, what do you mean by an AI platform or an algorithm? Is it just sort of accumulating huge amounts of data and then suggesting where the investment should take place? Yeah, 100%. So we're looking at 30-odd data variables and data sources. Um, Sorry to say that again. 30 data sources and approximately 200 data variables. And really we're using it to break down the journey from where we're saying, hey, buy in this suburb, Bryce, um, and really working backwards from there and saying, okay, these are the reasons why we're suggesting to buy in this particular area. This is why we think it's an excellent investment. These are the, the, this is the data from a numbers point of view and how it really stacks up as a, as a great place to buy at the current entry point and hold for the long term. So it's an emotionless way of choosing property, really. It's interesting you say that because it just doesn't seem like you can fully remove emotion from no. a from a property <laughs> investment. There's so much money involved. Yeah, there's so yeah. much money involved, but people still get can get trapped in that idea of imagining themselves living in it, even if they never plan on living in, you know, Adelaide or Brisbane or yeah, wherever yeah. we're talking about. Yeah. Um, and it is because there's that human element of people living in the property that you want to make sure it's functional and everything. So the the way we're approaching it is to try and make it as focused on being an investment as possible um, and removing the emotion. Yeah. And so what's um, tell us a bit more about the company. It's two years old, but why? What like what's the what's your differentiating factor? Why why was it started? So one of our founders, Michael Roger, he's he's French and he's now leading up our European operation, which I'll go to go into in just a moment. He had a really average experience using a, a buyer's agent for his owner occupied place in Sydney. And through that just decided that, you know, firstly he ended up finding the property himself, presented it to the buyer's agent and they said, Yeah, it was, it's that looks good, let's buy that and then he got charged, Paid you know, yeah. a significant commission, which he just didn't see the value in it. So using his negative experience creating a an awesome company where we've now got sixty people globally where we're buying properties in Australia, Spain, and also Indonesia as well now. Oh, so wow. oh got really? a global footprint, yeah. Indo. Yeah. Nice. Buying up all the uh, beachfront. Well, where, where in Indo? In Bali, yeah. In Bali, yeah. yeah. That's interesting. Can I come to you as an Australian and will you help me buy there or do you have to be uh, local or like how does that work from a, from a global point of view? 
Yeah, so we're actually about to open it up for um, Australian That's buyers. Nice. So watch this space. Epic. But we have had a, a number of our Australian clients use Propiero to buy in Spain as well. As wow. it's a it's an even lower entry point from a investment point of view. Wow, but, that's, so. that's fascinating. So talk us through the journey of like partnering with you. Do you have a case study of a client potentially that you could sort of paint the picture of the, the end-to-end process and maybe the, the result for, for that person? Yeah, so we've, we've been around for two years now and a lot of our early investors have now been put in a position where they're using equity to go and buy a second property, which is really exciting. So we're firm believers in firstly buying the right asset at the right price but using an example uh, recently of of an investor who purchased for approximately 600,000 in the north of Brisbane okay and within 12 months the property had appreciated by 100,000 wow look they were fortunate enough to benefit from um, you know being able to draw that equity out and use it to fund a second purchase which they have just completed and it actually settled in June this year um, and again, buying another property around that similar price point um, whilst living in the eastern suburbs yeah, of Sydney. Yeah. So um, not having any impact on their lifestyle whatsoever. Obviously, getting that initial deposit saved is super important. Yeah. But it really just unlocks so much opportunity when you get that initial investment um, done really well. And, you know, you're seeing double digit growth to fund the next investment. Wow. Are many of them positively geared? At the moment, be if you're buying right now, you basically need a 20% deposit and about an 8% rental yield for a positively geared investment. So right now, no, but if you rewind the clock a couple of years, um, anything was. So look, it's, it's just changing your outlook on what the investment purpose is. And it's like, if you're investing for cash flow right now and you're going into debt, it doesn't really make sense. Yeah. Uh, But if you're investing with a core focus on growth and then trying to hold it as long as possible whilst you're earning a solid income, then it, it does make sense in my view. Mm. Have you had any clients who have bought with you guys and then used the equity to then actually go and buy owner-occupy? Yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So we've had a, a, have some of our investors, you know, fund the deposit for their owner-occupied place with a combination of um, equity in the property, but then also cash saved. So, mm. yeah. I mean, it's so, it's so confusing for me, I think, because, you know, Harriet, my wife, is uh, we, we both want to have an owner-occupier. We both want to have our house, as we all do. But as you say, it's just so expensive here that, um, you know, you're paying so much money for nothing, mm. essentially. And uh, I love this concept. And I think I've said it in episodes we've, where we've spoken about rent vesting and property. I, I, I love the idea of... Um, being able to do this and and if you've saved a deposit you don't have to spend a million bucks on a house go and buy the three hundred thousand dollar house in an area that has all of the you know the good economic tailwinds and or macroeconomic tailwinds that you spoke about it's going to deliver a good yield um, but it is that emotional pull between the sensible investment approach or the i guess the and it's emotion. it's also yeah like the time invested in it i I, I think I got my first pre-approval back in like 2016 and Jeez. ended up buying in 2020. So, and I've always been keen on property and have been working in the space for a very long time, but it just shows you when you're looking for that owner occupied, it can, it can really be quite draining to- it Eats up your weekends. Yeah. And, you know, it's been very eye-opening to work in like such a dynamic environment where people are just purely focused on the outcome rather than like, yeah, the emotion of it. Yeah. Yeah. 
So you mentioned buyers agents, and you know they can be fruitful if uh, if they're good and in the right areas, and they do come at a cost. And in some instances, that cost is certainly well worth it. You know, ten ten grand plus. But you, if that means getting a property that's off market or what whatever it may be, that you know it certainly can be worth it. So, do you guys get access to off property? And then, secondly, how do you guys get paid? What's your fee structure? Yeah, so in recent months, we've been buying about 50% of our properties as off-market deals. Um, again, they go under the exact same due diligence process as if it was an on-market deal. So it doesn't necessarily mean that they're a better property as such, but you know, slightly more exclusive and mm. easier to secure because you're not competing with the open market. Um, and we are generating those opportunities from, from real estate connections that we've generated um, over the previous two years. Yeah, yeah. nice. And then when it comes to the, the cost of using Prop Hero, we've got a, a joining fee of $1,490. Okay. Um, and that gives you lifetime access to our Prop Hero platform, which is where we have all the data and information for um, going about the property investment journey. Nice. And then we've actually just launched an Equity Mates promo where it's prophero.com.au forward slash Equity Mates. Okay. And that gives Equity Mates listeners a $1,000 discount on the success fee. Nice. So it's $14.90 to get lifetime access to the AI algorithm and the platform that is going to show you the properties that you guys are suggesting. It gives you access to your portfolio. You can see how your properties are performing, anything that's coming up on the horizon, I imagine. And then there's a settlement fee as well on uh, on the any property that you help your investors secure. And uh, if you head to prophero.com.au slash equity mates, Harry and the team have a $1,000 discount on the services, which uh, at the end of the day could be incredibly beneficial. If, um, if you're like me and you're sitting there, you have the ability to service a loan. It doesn't have to be a huge loan, but you have the ability to service a loan. You're struggling to get into property in your own backyard. This is an alternative way and uh, of getting access to the property market. And then eventually getting that owner occupy if that's um, if that's the the long term dream. So check out prophero.com.au slash equitymates uh, for more information for the thousand dollar discount and also to get in contact with Harry and the team. But Harry, it's been awesome. Thank you so much. Um, as I said, I uh, I really like platforms like this because any way that we can help uh, young Australians get access to property through you know an investment point of view as you said some of the entry prices that you're looking at are in the 300s which is uh far from what we're looking at here in some of the major capital cities it makes it a much more achievable and affordable and if you're using a, i guess data sort of driven analysis to make the right decision it takes that emotional side as best as possible away from it so um we do love to finish we do love to have a bold prediction here at equity mate so do you have any bold predictions to close it out for the Australian property market. Yeah, again, I want to highlight on the fact that I think it's going to be very resilient, just focusing again on that supply and demand, um, those two contributors to the market. Um, look, who knows what interest rates are going to do? Mm. No one's got a crystal ball, but mm. um, yeah, I think um, any property investor who's in a position to do so would be open to looking at buying and having a long-term strategy. Mm, love it. Well, Harry, thank you so much. Remember, prophero.com.au slash equitymates for more information to uh, grab that $1,000 discount. And uh, Harry, it was great. Thank you very much. Thanks, Bryce. Great to catch up. 
You have been listening to an Equitymates Media production. In the spirit of reconciliation, Equitymates Media acknowledges the traditional custodians of country throughout Australia and their connections to land, sea and community. We pay our respects to their elders past and present and extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples today. This podcast is intended for education and entertainment purposes. Any advice is general advice only and has not taken into account your personal financial circumstances, needs or objectives. Before acting on general advice, you should consider if it is relevant to your needs and read the relevant product disclosure statement. And if you're unsure, please speak to a financial professional. The hosts of this podcast and their guests may have physicians in the companies mentioned. Equitymates Media operates under an Australian Financial Services Licence 540697. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rustolium. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. The future isn't scary, not realizing its potential, however, could be. Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc., 